You're listening to Little Rockers Radio and we're back with Natalie from Wonder Woman Children to do part three of our water safety series in the lead up to yes. summer here in Australia. Hello Natalie, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Now the last time we chatted, it was a relatively big session around drowning, um, dry and secondary drowning, and we covered what that is and what yes. to look for, but we didn't really cover... Um, more in depth the signs um, after a period of time and the first yes. aid. So that's what we're yes. talking about today. Perfect. And I think, you know, the one thing to note, if you haven't listened to the previous section, um, it's always on your website, so have a listen to the previous section because it really does give you a firm grounding of what we're about to talk to about now. Yes. Um, so one of the things we mentioned in our previous topic is that a lot of the drowning circumstances does revolve around the ability to breathe. So therefore, they're the things that I'm going to teach you to be able to assess. Okay, right. so it is all about assessing your child. Um, first of all, if they're coughing, which I naturally do to remove some of the water or airway irritation, but then let's try and assess their breathing or their capabilities of being able to deliver oxygen to their lungs. So let's think of some easy things to look out for. So struggling to breathe, um, obviously one of the first things that I'm going to think of is that I'll see them really, really struggling. So they'll be using a lot of the accessory muscles to breathe. And sometimes the things that you can find is that, you know, the skin in between the ribs will get sucked in within a child right. that's struggling to breathe. Yes. Um, also another thing will be loss of colour, but just bear in mind mm -hmm. that is one of the last signs and symptoms of being at not getting enough oxygen. Right. Um, being really lethargic or tired, um, again, that's a result from not having enough oxygen in the body. So if they're unusually tired, this is something you want to keep an eye on. Um, mm -hmm. Any sort of vomiting uh, or change in behaviour, they're the things you want to assess. So if my child, I just had a water rescue for a, you know, a child of mine, the first thing I'm going to assess is, A, if, are they conscious? Okay. Mm -hmm. If they're unconscious, then obviously we need to start commencing CPR straight away. But if they're conscious, I then want to make those smaller assessments over the next 24 hours. So, right. you know, checking their behaviour, anything that's unusual, whether they're extremely tired or, or any of those things that we need to consider. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I had a question and it's completely gone out of my head. So you keep going, I, I, and then when I, it comes, like, we all have. And that's why I paused and I was like, where, like, where is it? <laughs> um, so the other thing to consider is if you pull your child out and they're not conscious. So obviously this is going to be one of the scariest moments that you've ever experienced in your life. Yes. And the reason that they're not conscious ultimately is because of a deprivation of oxygen. While they're under the water, they were unable to get enough oxygen to their brain and they've gone unconscious. Mm. Okay. Mm. So the one thing that we really need to consider and the one thing that we find occurs often is because um, there's people, in, a part of the community hasn't had access to first aiders yet and we're delaying the CPR process of pumping you know, oxygenated blood to the brain, that people do survive these processes, however they survive with long-term permanent damage to their brain functioning. So that's what we really, really want to avoid and that's the whole purpose of CPR. So if you find your child unconscious, the one thing you want to start thinking of is doing your doctor SABCD, so your CPR process, which um, you do need to learn in a first aid environment. Absolutely. Um, 
However, if you were to call triple zero now, you'd never done a first aid class and your child wasn't breathing, breathing and they were unconscious, all they will ask you to do is 400 compressions, which means you're pumping in the center of the chest and you're going halfway down the depth of the body. So look it up online. Anyone would do it with or without a first aid certificate. They don't ask you to do breathing in emergency circumstances anymore. They will simply just say 400 compressions straight. There's nothing in the number 400. They'll get you to do another 400 after that. Um, but at least seeing what CPR or compression is will assist you even if you don't have access to a first aid class. Absolutely. Well, see, yeah, absolutely. The seeing is good, but attending yes. a first aid class is better. Uh, 100%. Mm. But you know me, Sarah, mm. the one thing I understand from <laughs> one parent to another is we all get busy and absolutely. sometimes we're made to believe that if I don't do that big, you know, first aid class and don't bother at all, um, please bother. Look on our website, look at some videos and, and look at some pictures. Compressions are easy. You don't need to do breathing. Um, it's not compulsory anymore. So if that's all you know how to do, you will still getting that oxygen to the brain and that's what we want you to do in those circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Now, I did actually think of my question before. So when we were talking about, obviously, um, when they've come out of the water and they're, they've, um, you've had a water rescue, but they're breathing. And then you mentioned that, um, that after the 24 hours, we're looking for a, a lack of oxygen um, and, and issues with breathing. And you mentioned that they can be quite lethargic. So they're not necessarily coming across as being distressed, are they? No, not at all. So that's the one thing. A child can be lacking oxygen for a long period of time before it becomes our awareness. And that's where I like to say that, you know, going in blue seems to be our first thing we think of. Mm. But it's actually one of the last things in the process of lacking oxygen. So going unconscious because of lack of oxygen can be a really slow process. For yeah. example, in a, you know, a long asthma exacerbation, a child can go unconscious after lacking small amounts of oxygen for a long amount of time. Right. Or it can happen in a very, very rapid process yeah. where, you lack oxygen um, rapidly and you go yeah. unconscious. So mm -hmm. that's you're right. That's another common misconception that we assume that it, that um, it, can it go on for such a long duration, and, and it certainly can. And yeah, be very was, silent at that as well. Exactly. That's what surprises me, the silence of it. I would just think that if my children were lacking oxygen or anyone for that matter, I would I, I would know straight away because they would be completely distressed. They would, <gasps> that, like exactly. you would know what was going on. But it, that surprised yeah. me when you said that, that they can just be lethargic. I would think, okay, well, then they need to go to bed. They're tired. They've been up. They've had a big day in the pool or whatever it may be. Yeah, they're exactly. tired. Yeah. 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 So Mind you, don't get scared. Cause no, of course. They're tired after yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's only after a rescue. Yeah, uh, of course. Usually, yeah. usually after a rescue if, yeah. if they're lethargic. But, you know, that's a great topic to bring up. And we've actually done a video on how to identify breathing disorders because it's quite hard to explain um, mm. in um in an interview so um yeah so we will release some videos we'll show some images and everything Great. on our website yeah yes yep yep and obviously at the end of the day nothing beats as you mentioned in the last um interview we did nothing beats calling uh triple o if need be and if you yeah. have done a water rescue of any type even if they've come out and they they appear to be fine it is always best to seek further medical attention anyway 100 percent. they don't mind you calling and sometimes as parents it's so hard because we we tend to go to the doctors every day panicking and we get scared to call make the phone call it's mm. definitely worthwhile or it's even the opposite end of the scale i feel like i'm being annoying if i like I'm, oh would, would i call triple zero no. or am i just being <laughs> panicky 
because I think that there are, I mean, I'm like that. So I, I assume that there are a lot of people that are also like that. Like I even yeah. say to you, so what do you do in that case? And you're always like, well, you call triple zero. So I'm not necessarily, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so there you go. Calling, and we should actually do a whole section on, on, on calling for help and assistance because there's multiple different things that we need to think about. But we'll, we'll leave that for another yes, session. <laughs> absolutely. We do digress. Anyway, that's, yeah. it's been really, really interesting um, covering all of all of the different sections um, with water safety and obviously coming into summer it's just uh, we, as parents it's about being mindful it's about being well informed um, and it's about um, you know, supervision fun. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> yes with your children in a safe environment now did you have anything else that you wanted to add um, absolutely not check out our website www.wonderwomanchildren.com um, we always share resources and obviously we love working with little rockers so if you have any questions send them in we're always happy to cover some topics um, and if not we'll speak next time beautiful thanks Natalie thanks Sarah cheers